It's been a few weeks since we've had a chance to chat, and, you know, I've thought about life in general. I mean, it, it, I, I've missed you guys a whole lot. So what else can we do but stir the pot, right? You ready? Derek Carr is a New Orleans Saint. It's not the greatest thing ever. It sure beats what the hell we had. We'll talk about it with Jeff Duncan and maybe a little bit of Zion. You want to talk about being a little fickle. What's going on with that dude? All coming up next on the season three premiere of Datitude. If you're looking for the latest scoop and in-depth interviews on the Saints, the NFL, the Pelicans, LSU, along with the best bets of the week, then lucky you. Along with high-powered, in-the-know guests who cover our teams, Jim Derry brings plenty of datitude. And he'll always tell you the way it is, or at least the way he thinks it is. Where you at, New Orleans? And hello to all my friends who couldn't wait for us to come back. Took a few weeks off. This is... Datitude, the season three premiere, episode number 140 for a Friday, March the 10th, 2023. I am Jim Derry, sports betting writer at the Times Picune, the advocate, and bet.nola.com. And uh, what's been going on? How was your Mardi Gras? I hope it was as well as mine went, but, uh, you know, we get back into regular life. And so. I haven't talked to you in a few weeks, so I'm going to start off the show bitching. You know, why not? Tell you how my morning started off. You know, I, I don't understand the whole philosophy of we're going to get into sports, obviously, soon. Like, but I got to get some things off my chest. Derek Carr is a saint. Zion's hurt for who knows how long. Brandon Ingram's hurt who knows how long. Anyway, I, I don't understand the whole idea of the half day at school. Now, of course, when I went to school, I probably loved it. I don't know. That was so long ago, I can't remember that. But someone please explain to me the half day philosophy. What the hell do you do in a half day? Why do we have half days? You know, one of my good friends who listen to the show is former superintendent of St. Tammany Schools, Trey Fultz. If you're listening today, Trey, by the way, shout out. But maybe he can explain the whole theory of the half day of school. And I didn't even realize it until this morning dropping my youngest daughter off at the bus stop. Um, you know, and I got, a, I got a game to broadcast this afternoon. So my wife and I have to figure out who's going to get home and do what. But wh- why do you even have a half day? Oh, because we have to have a certain number of days in school. Okay, well, then why don't you take the six half days you have throughout the year and have three full days? And just add three full days. Take those half days off. Make three of them full days and three of them off days. Oh, but our teachers need a day for record processing. Give me a break. I mean, don't get me started in the whole teacher thing because that's what I went to school for originally. I wanted to be a coach. And and sometimes I think that I should have been a teacher. God knows that we can't do anything without teachers. I'm... I love teachers. I have so many friends who are teachers. But I don't know a lot of people who bitch in this world as I go through my podcast and start off with a bitching rant more than teachers. Do you? I mean, I just don't. 
But it goes back to my question. Why do we need half days? Can we figure out a way to do, just give them the day off and, and add a day? Or, and, and like the half day before Christmas, they do nothing. Can we get rid of that day and use that, the half day before whatever? I mean, they're half, someone needs to explain it to me. Go ahead, write me, at J. Derry at The Advocate. Tell me how wrong I am, and don't send me the, the notes that I don't appreciate teachers because that's absolutely not true. But that doesn't mean just because I appreciate teachers, just because I love them, doesn't mean that they're most, that they bitch more than anyone else. I don't understand the school calendar. I mean, I want a job where I can work 174 days a year. I mean, I need that job. I should have stayed a teacher. I'd be in a, everybody needs a teacher. So I wouldn't have gone through the things that I went through the last 10 years, I can tell you, if I was a teacher. Again, God love them. You're right. There are most people don't want to have to deal with our kids every day, and you do that, and you teach them. And especially here in St. Tammany Parish where they go on, you know, it's, I think it's the second or third best district in the state. And there's a reason for it because the schools are great up here. And so when I talk about half days and all this stuff, that's everybody. It's not just St. Tammany. We need a little bit more warning, I guess. I don't know. I was a little, little fuzzy this morning. What do you mean you have a half day? I just never understood the half day. You don't do anything on them, right? Already I'm digressing. We're just starting season three. There's one more thing, too. You know, to go show how the day is going, I get um, this, this piece of mail that I didn't see. I had a game yesterday uh, to broadcast, so I didn't get, get the mail. When I got home, I was looking for dinner. I wasn't looking for my mail. So after I dropped off the daughter for the half day, I saw my mail laying on the counter. One of them was a thing from, oh, D-O-T-D. Now, you wanted to, uh, look, I love teachers, and I'm sorry. If you listen and you work for the D-O-T-D, God love you, but there ain't a lot of people who love, uh, people love teachers, there ain't a lot of people who love people at the D-O-T-D, because I don't get, I get this notice in the mail. Here's my, my favorite things now. You know, when you get the, if, and if you drive around Orleans Parish, you're going to get one. Okay, you're going to get one of these things in the mail. Luckily, I don't have to drive a whole lot in Orleans Parish, and I haven't gotten one in a couple years. My wife got one if you, you know, the ticket thing, because you were driving. She was literally driving, and I'm not joking, 23 and a 20. 23 and a 20, you get a ticket for that. That's called a scam, ladies and gentlemen. That has nothing to do with safety of anyone if you drive 23 and a 20. That has nothing to do with safety. But I digress for the second time in, the, in this early part of season three. Uh, so I get this thing in the mail, and it is uh, telling me that a, I went through a toll station without paying. They want their $4.50, and it was in Leesville. Okay. I can't tell you the last time I've been to Leesville. I'm certain I've been to Leesville for something somewhere throughout my, the course of my 32-year prep career. I'm sure I've covered something in Leesville. Uh, the Wampus Cats love you. But I don't remember the last time I've been there, okay? And they have a picture of the back of what supposedly is my car with a license plate that looks like my license plate, but the picture is so fuzzy, can't really tell. So you have to call this number because it's not about the $4.50. Sure, I could have sent them a check for 450 
But it's the principle of the thing, right? And as you can tell, I'm pretty principled. Um, so I call this number. And you ha- I had to wait through 19 minutes. 19 minutes. You would think that if, you're, if they're going to make you wait that long, that could make it a little bit more pleasant. But no, you have to listen. This is what you get about every 20 seconds. There's no music in the background, okay? There's just this obnoxious voice. And I, I guess any voice would get obnoxious included. Well, definitely mine after 19 minutes of saying the same thing every 15 to 20 seconds. But this is what I hear every 15 to 20 seconds for 19 minutes to get 450 wiped off of my account or whatever. All customer service agents are still busy. Please continue to hold. Just me, or is that voice absolutely obnoxious? And again, so even I can, with my Shaw math, can figure out that over the course of 19 minutes, that if I listen to it four times a minute, no music in the background, you get dead air and you get that. Okay? Dead air and that. Even I can figure out that 76 times. I had to listen to that 76 times. Now 77 times. Go ahead. Play it back. Hold on. Enjoy it with me. All customer service agents are still busy. Please continue to hold. We thought about having some dead air here and letting you enjoy it and playing it like three or four times. But look, I'm not stupid. It's a miracle that you're still listening as it is. So you're probably not going to listen anymore if I do that again. But isn't that obnoxious? I mean, people wonder why we don't like the DOTD, and then you got to go wait three hours, four hours for to get your license renewed. So it finally got the long story short. Well, it's not short. Long story shorter is it was someone with a University of Louisiana at Lafayette license plate. I'm going to say it nice. They don't like when you call them the you you can't call them ULL. You certainly can't call them USL anymore. That's what they are to me. They'll always be USL to me. But the University of Louisiana at Lafayette, that was someone's license plate, and it looks like a Saints license plate, which I've had for, for 13 years now. Um, and it happened to be the same number. So it finally got fixed, and the lady on the phone was super nice. So I want to give her props, and she fixed it immediately. But 19 minutes of that, really? Give me some, give me, I'd rather have elevator music and have that once every minute than to have dead air and then. All customer service agents are still busy. Please continue to hold. Shove it up your keister, pal. Yeah, that's where I am this Friday morning. I'm a little feisty. That's how you want to start the season. Season three, you want to start it with some feistiness. Speaking of feistiness. Uh, how about the numbnuts who don't like the Derek Carr signing? You've got to uh, worry about the sanity and the where people come from. And I've seen all kinds of reasons of why people don't want Derek Carr. Here's my favorite. My favorite of all of them or the morons who think the Saints should have tanked. They should tank. And I think I've said this on some show towards the end of last season. Lose game, tank, lose games on purpose. Like go, I don't know, two and fifteen because that would put a lot of fans in the seats. A, B would make football 
so much fun to watch. Oh, well, you'll just do what you would do before the Saints were good anyway, before Drew Brees came. You go back to doing what you would do anyway and what you've done throughout the course of different seasons here and there and not watch football because you're a moron. I, there is nothing I hate worse than the fly-by-night fan, I guess is the way to put it. They're all gung-ho when the Saints are good. They're like posting all over Facebook their pictures from the Dome and their pom-poms and all their Saints memorabilia and how they got tickets to the Super Bowl and they're going on the road to for the NFC Championship game and they were at this game and that game and then when the Saints suck like last year, you don't hear a peep out of them. Some of them even boycotted the NFL. Morons. And these are probably the same people who said, the Saints should just tank next year. You know, yeah, that, that's a great idea. Let's, let's go through this crap again. Then there's the, one who, the ones who say, well, I, I, I don't see what's wrong with Andy Dalton. I mean, well, well, the Saints should just stick with Andy Dalton. I mean, you probably did watch football. If you're thinking that, you, you actually probably did watch football. I'm not sure what you were watching or what kind of gummy bears you were eating or brownies you were eating when you were watching, but you probably watched. Um, no. I don't think anyone wants to watch that or and certainly is not going to listen to Datitude for 18 weeks of me going off on Andy Dalton again. I think Andy Dalton is a great backup quarterback. I think the Saints would be very well served to re-sign Andy Dalton as a backup quarterback to Derek Carr. But anyone who wants to watch that again, oh, sure, let's, let's go 4-8. and eight. I mean, that's only a little bit different than tanking. At least the good news is in 2024, the Saints will have their own first-round draft pick. That's not a good option. And then there are those who just want to want to bitch just for bitching's sake. Derek Carr has never been a good quarterback. Um, he's thrown X amount of interceptions. He's only thrown this amount of touchdowns. His record is X, X, whatever. I don't give a damn what his record has been. He's played on awful teams. That's like comparing apples to elephant nuts. You, you can't compare the two things. They don't make any, it doesn't make any sense. He's played for awful coaches except for John Gruden throughout his career. Yes, that includes Dennis Allen, but he was a rookie head coach at the time who I hope has learned a lot going forward and I think can get a lot better if he has a real quarterback and not a rookie that he started this whole thing with. That's another thing they've been comparing. Well, Dennis Allen had Derek Carr before. Yeah, he was a rookie head coach with a rookie quarterback. And now it's almost a decade later, and he's got a nine-year veteran who's 31 years old and is entering the prime of his career. A guy who has played on teams with defenses that have absolutely sucked. And offensive lines that have absolutely sucked. And now he comes here. I think you're going to see a Derek Carr that is rejuvenated and I think you're going to see a team that now becomes clearly. I mean, Lord knows, I, I say it when I think they suck. I tell you they suck. When I think they're good, I tell you they're good. When I think they're average, I tell you they're average. 
I think the New Orleans Saints are now clearly the favorite in the NFC South. Let's see what happens. What are the other teams going to do at quarterback? Look, that's not saying a whole lot because the NFC South and the AFC South are probably what and what. And it may be that way again next year. But who's going to be good in the NFC South next year? Atlanta? I mean, do you think they're going to get someone else or are they going to stick with Desmond Ritter? Because no offense to Desmond Ritter, but he's not ready yet. They might be stuck with him, though. They might have to start him. Then you got the Carolina Panthers, Frank Reich. I think Frank Reich's an okay coach. I don't have any problems with Frank Reich. But what do they have at quarterback right now? Nothing. They're probably going to go draft one. And the last, the rumors that I'm hearing about the Panthers is, and God, let them be true, that they're going to draft, draft Will Nevis in the first round from Kentucky. I, I am no... I am no self, I, I will tell you now, I am not a scout. I don't, I have never been great when it comes to draft on who the this team should draft or will draft and mock drafts and blah, blah, blah and whatever. But I don't see how Will Nevis is going to be an NFL quarterback. There is nothing I've seen from that dude that tells me he's going to be any good. Now, you may roll this tape back four years from now and I sound like an idiot. But I don't know, between him and Anthony Richardson, I don't get Anthony Richardson at all. I mean, people think he's going to be the next Lamar Jackson. I think you're out of your mind. I don't see anything in that. He can't throw a pass to save his life. He's an awful passer. He can run, which is great. Then make him a running back. He is not going to be an NFL quarterback. I mean, he may be an NFL quarterback because someone's going to draft him and turn, make like go ahead, Indianapolis Colts. He's just shooting up the draft boards. He's like... Three to one now to be the number one pick of the draft, which is absurd in itself. Could happen. But if the Panthers draft either Nevis or even Anthony Richardson, if he makes it to nine, I think that's where they pick. They're they're in a whole world of hurt either. I'm too. They got a whole they got a lot of work to do. They don't have they need a lot of help, Carolina, even if they get a decent quarterback, which I don't think they're gonna. And then at least Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is the most poorly coached team, maybe not just in the NFC South, one of the most poorly coached teams in the NFL. And they have no quarterback. And they're going to lose a ton of free agents. And they're going to have to almost start from scratch. So they're, they're going to stink too. So all of that, the long digression that I go through, and the Saints getting Derek Carr, they got to get under the cap, so they're going to have some salary cap casualties. We're going to talk about it with Jeff Duncan uh, very soon. One of them is probably going to be Anders Pete. I'm sure everyone's going to be broken up and crying when Anders Pete's gone. I mean, I don't know what's worse about Anders Pete, the fact that he sucked half the time he played or the fact that he was hurt half the time he played. Uh, you want to talk about a pick when they made it, Jim Rapier and I were on. We're doing a show for NOLA.com in 2015, and uh, we we're talking about some of the names that were available. And the Saints went out and got Anders Pete, and we were both scratching our heads. Didn't understand it at all. It was no. I mean, the Saints either have a great draft or they have a really bad draft. I don't think. 
You go back in the last 20, 25 years, I'm telling you, look at them. They, have, they either have, like, one of the best drafts in the entire NFL or they're just, what the hell were they thinking kind of drafts? Go back and look at them. I think you'll agree. Just, just go back. If you have time, go back and look at, at the recent drafts. And you say, yeah, that one wasn't very good. Ooh, that was, that was really good. Ooh, that one kind of sucked. That one's pretty good. Oh, that one stinks. Oh, that one's great. Yeah, that, that's what you're going to do when you go back and look at Saints drafts. But uh, I don't see how they're not the favorite. We'll see if, if Dunk agrees with me or not. Um, did you miss me? Now that I've rambled on, uh, did you did you make it through 20 minutes and 48 seconds without pressing fast forward 15 seconds or whatever button it is that you can press? I'm interested to know. Go ahead at jderry at theadvocate.com at Jim Derry Jr. on Twitter. Let me know if you made it through the entire 21 minutes without touching the button. I I gotta give you kudos. If you do, if you go on Twitter at Jim Derry Jr. and you shout me out, I'm gonna reply. If you made it through this 21 minutes, let me know. All right, let's get to Jeff Duncan and talk about uh, the, what we meant to talk about, and it's more about Derek Carr. And it's, you know, it, I thought we were gonna spend the entire 40 to 50 minutes, and it ended up being I think 52 minutes or something along those lines. I thought we were gonna spend the um, 40 minutes of that time talking about Derek Carr, and it turns out that we. Probably 15 minutes of his Derek Carr. We get in all sorts of things. We had a lot of comments and, and questions. And um, if you want to get in on that, every Friday at 9.15 a.m., it's not always going to be Jeff Duncan until the football season starts. But we wanted to bring Dunk on today because we had so much Saints news. Um, over the course of the future, we'll have different guests. Um, and it, it actually might not be live every Friday. It depends on who it is, if they can come on live, if they have the time. But Fridays at 9.15 a.m. is the plan going forward, and we get comments and questions. And we had a lot of comments and questions this morning. And I thank you, uh, those of you that listened to them. Excuse me. Um, but it kind of the show kind of went in different directions. It went all over the place. We talked about Alvin Kamara a lot um, and what the Saints might do in the draft there and my thoughts on what they need to do. Uh, we talked about uh, Michael Thomas. And, I, you know, as much as we all get on Michael Thomas and, and probably are pretty sick of his crap by now, uh, the Saints could use Michael Thomas right now. So if, if they can completely restructure his contract before Wednesday's deadline, which I think they will, he'll be part of something to change. Obviously, they're going to cut Jameis. I don't think there's any debate on that happening. Um, but I think Michael Thomas could be a... I kind of said this last year, so I say this with a whole lot of hesitation and caution, but I truly believe that Michael Thomas could be an integral part of this team in 2023, especially now with Derek Carr in the fold. It's going to be interesting to see how that works out, if it works out. But we talk about that. We talk about the defensive line and what they need to do at tackle, where they might be thinking about in the draft. Um, and, of course, again, we talk probably 15 of the 45 to 50 minutes about Derek Carr himself and why he makes this team better, why this move had to be made. And then we spend a little bit of time talking about the Pelicans and Zion, and, well, I think we all agree about that part of it. Well, to some extent. 
But uh, let's get into it and hear it. And then I'll uh, wrap up the show with the song of the day. When you hear it, you probably won't be surprised. Mr. Duncan, how are you this morning? Thanks for uh, for coming on last minute notice. And I know we said we're going to take some time off, but, you know, we don't get time off. No, nah, duty calls. I mean, this is a big week, not only with the signing of Derek Carr, but, I mean, we're getting ready to come up on the start of the league year and free agency. So there's lots to talk about. And uh, what better what better way to do it than with you, my man, J.D., and talk about uh, – that king cake that I bought you a few man, weeks it ago. was good. Just let everybody know that I paid off my debt. Ooh, he sure did. We went. Uh, we had Parkway Bakery, and then uh, he he dropped off the king cake. It was a it was a great pre Mardi Gras for sure. I hope everyone out there had a wonderful Mardi Gras. You don't have to worry about us talking about king cake anymore. It's at least not for about another eleven months, maybe ten and a half months. We've done all our talking and we can about king cake. And now it's time to go on a diet, and that part has been pretty darn hard, I will say. But, you know, there has been some exciting news since we last spoke to our, our people out there, and we appreciate you joining us. Uh, Jerry already popping in with uh, breaking news. The Vikings have released wide receiver Adam Thielen. Will he come to New Orleans? Who knows? Um, we're going to get into the parts of the signings because the Saints have some cuts to do before they can potentially make any more signings. They did... Uh, Resigned special teams captain JT Gray this morning. So that that's good news, and that's obviously a necessary thing. He has been outstanding in his time with the Saints and is a key key factor. But Dunk, I want to start with Derek Carr, and obviously it happened Monday. Uh, but this is big news. Whether you agree with the move or don't, I think we're both on the same side in this. This is something that the Saints had to do. They had to get a top match quarterback. It was number one, two, three, and four on the list. And they did it all with, with, their, with their target and clearly and, well, frankly, in my mind, the, the top free agent in this, in this class. Yeah, I, I agree. Look, I, I think there's going to be opinions divided on Derek Carr, uh, and probably rightfully so. I mean, I'm not 100% sold that he's a top 15 quarterback by any means, but he's definitely better than anything the Saints have had the last two years. I mean, it's a definite upgrade at the position, and it – it's a guy that's durable. He's played almost every game for nine seasons. He's been to four Pro Bowls. He's a proven commodity. And the Saints don't need him to be Drew Brees. He's not Drew Brees, but they don't need him to be that. They just need him to be a, a viable starter. With this defense, this offensive line, the special teams, uh, this team can get back to the playoffs with Derek Carr at quarterback. So I thought it was a, a great move. It's a bold, decisive move. And I think it restores a lot of confidence, not only among the fan base, but also in the locker room. I think they needed to address the quarterback position internally. And everyone was watching this move, including the Saints players. And we saw by the reaction from Cam Jordan, Michael Thomas, et cetera, uh, this was a big win for De uh, Dennis Allen in the court of public opinion. Really quick, we have a comment that no one's going to get, but – me and this guy that we were kind of going back and forth yesterday. We were joking. I had I had uh, LSU yesterday. Well, we might touch on that at the very end of the show, plus four and a half. But Lloyd, you know what you said though? You said you gave me Vandy minus twelve. So if if I Vandy minus twelve, I won on that one. So I I got the twelve points. I got LSU right. So I think you, you maybe you owe me a king cake. Well. Talk about that a little bit later. All right. Uh, look, Dunk, everything you said, I, I agree with. It's 
I, what makes you think that you're not sure that he's a top 15? In my mind, there's no doubt. In my, there's no doubt in my mind that he's a top 15 quarterback. And I actually think that if the Saints can have the kind of offensive line play that we're used to here in New Orleans, I think that he can be a top eight quarterback. I, I think he's certainly ten, top 10 or top 12. But what, what makes you uncertain that you're not 100% sure that he's a top 15 quarterback? Well, I'm always a little worried when someone as smart as I think Josh McDaniels is. I mean, he knows what good quarterback play is. He was in New England with Tom Brady, the best there ever was. And for him to just willingly walk away, to me, is cause for pause. I'm not saying he's right. The Raiders organization is easily one of the most dysfunctional organizations in the league. But the fact that they're giving up on a guy that, let's face it, we just started this podcast talking about it's the most important position in the game and you're walking away with Jared Stidham as your answer mm-hmm. that gives me pause it, it does I've, I've seen it happen too many times in free agency and especially at quarterback uh, but I will say this I mean Josh McDaniels uh, had issues with Jay Cutler he walked away from him not that Jay Cutler was in, in, any you know star quarterback but he never solved the quarterback position before and I think a lot of this had to do with management and ownership with the Raiders, but it just, it, it gives me a little bit of pause that they're willing to walk away from it. He was as good as you're saying he is. I, I don't, I can't believe they would walk away from it. Well, I think that Josh McDaniels, in my opinion, Dunk, I think that he's partially, partially it's that he's overrated. Um, you know, you talk about Tom Brady and now you talk about Jared Stidham. And I mean, I, Jared Stidham is what he knows. He's dealt with, he's worked with Jared Stidham before. And you have to think that there was some kind of like, um, some kind of friction between he and Carr. I don't know if we'll ever know the answer to that that question. Maybe we will, maybe we won't. But uh, to me, what's he like? He likes these Patriots quarterbacks. Um, and I'm not saying Jared Stedham's the answer for the Raiders. He may or may not be. Um, and that may not that may not be the way that they go. They may sign a free agent as well. I think they actually have a a little a little room there. But uh, you know what. Josh McDaniels does doesn't affect my opinion of Derek Carr at all. I get what you're saying, and he, but uh, how much? Where does Josh McDaniels Josh McDaniels fall on that that tree of you know Bill Belichick, Tom Brady? I think we know where the the real talent came there. Maybe we'll find out McDaniels is a really good coach. I haven't seen it yet, uh, but a lot of people say that about Dennis Allen too. So who knows? Uh, Lloyd says. Do we bring in the tight end from the Raiders that played at Jesuit? You're talking about Foster Morrow. Uh, by the way, I covered the last time he ever wore a Jesuit uniform was playing basketball against Mandeville in the <laughs> Class 5A playoffs, and I was there to cover that uh, way back when, whenever that was. Um, no, I, I think Foster is for, Foster Morrow a free agent. I'm not even sure, to be honest. The, the Saints need a tight he end. Is. He is, yeah, but, I mean, I think the Saints are in pretty good shape at tight end. Uh, I don't see – look, I like Foster Morrow. I like him a lot. I just don't think he's a significant upgrade over what they already have and an yep. emerging player like Jawan Johnson and Adam Troutman. Oh, we'll see. Um, Gypsy Quill asks, could the Saints get Devontae Adams or uh, Mac Hollins? I, I don't think either one of those is going to be on the Saints' radar. I, yeah. I, I, you can ask that, Dunk. But, but as far as – especially Devontae Adams, I mean – Look, the Saints got a lot of room. We're going to get to the cap talk very shortly because we've got a few questions here. But um, I don't think the Saints can think about who, who else they're going to sign right now. they got to worry about what they're going to do before Wednesday's cap deadline. 
Yeah, that's what they're doing right now, JD. I mean, I think probably like the JT Gray deal is a good example. They're they're not only trying to retain guys on the roster that and get to them before free agency starts. Uh, you know, guys like Caden Ellis that I know they would like to get back. Uh, they probably have already had conversations with trying to get him yeah. under contract. I don't think that's going to happen because I think Caden Ellis is going to get away from them. He's going to probably get a big offer in free agency, but they're maneuvering right now to get under the cap. They have to be cap compliant by the start of the league year, which is next Wednesday, March 15th. They have to be under the cap and every other team in the league does as well. The saints of course, I think have the second most overage on the salary cap in the entire league. So they got a lot of work to do restructuring deals. We've seen them already do a number of deals and then they're probably going to have to release some players like they did a year ago. I think guys like Andres Pete, uh, Jameis Winston certainly makes a lot of sense now that they have Derek Carr. They're probably going to end up hitting the streets and be free agents uh, because of the Saints cap situation. No, not Andres Pete. Don't get rid of Andres Pete, please. No. Oh, my goodness. Um, well, you know, the good news is, Dunk, you just told me that they're second worst in the NFL. They're moving on up because they were worst not too long ago. Right. So making progress. Dustin McCann's ask before, or yeah, asked, before Breeze joined the Saints, how good did everyone think he was? And are there any similarities to that situation and car situation? One thing. Good point, Dustin, but I will say this. the different, One big difference is Breeze was 26, I believe, when he came to New Orleans, um, and no one really wanted him. The, 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 he was coming off of a shoulder injury, So, and Carr is 31, going to be 32 by the time. In fact, I think he's 32 in a couple weeks. Well, you know how I know Derek Carr's birthday? It happens to be on 328. So everybody's making a, a little, little joke about there. We keep pr- pressing the Falcons' buttons. Um, so, Dunk, I'd be, uh, like to get your, um, your opinion on this as well. But there are some similarities, but Derek Carr is five or six years older. Um, he's not coming off an injury. Other teams wanted him. It's a little bit different scenario. He's not going to be the Saints quarterback for the next you know, 12 to 14 years, but he could be the Saints quarterback for the next five to seven years. Yeah, look, but I think his market was fairly tepid. I mean – Carolina yeah. wasn't all in on him. They, so they, they just, so it was Breeze. So it was I know. I'm just saying, like, Derek Carr, that's some of the reasons why I have pause on him. I mean, if he were a top 15 quarterback and was widely available, which he was, he had no strings attached, I would think more teams would have been interested in him if he was just a sure thing. I'm not, Look, I'm, I'm for the move. Don't get me wrong here. Yeah. I, I think it's a big upgrade over what they had. I don't think they need him to be Drew Brees. But there's some reasons to be concerned. I mean, the scouting report on Derek Carr is widely known around the league. He crumbles under pressure. He gets antsy. His eyeballs go down when, when he starts getting rattled in the pocket. Uh, the Saints knew this. This was their scouting report on him, and they shut him out here. Uh, you know, he, he doesn't play well in cold weather. He tends to get a little jumpy. I mean, there's a lot of things. Uh, this guy, guy is not a perfect specimen at quarterback, but he doesn't have to be. He's better than what the Saints had. And in this division, they can win the division with Derek Carr quarterback and what they already have. So I'm for it, but I'm just trying to temper expectations of people thinking he's going to come in here and light the world on fire. There'll be warts just like there is with with every new player. I mean, I heard all this last year when they brought in, uh, you know, uh, Jarvis Landry and the whole receiving core. It was going to be the greatest receiving core of all time, and it didn't pan out that way because there's always warts with 
new players that, that you just don't see until they get here. You can go after this podcast. This live show is over. Uh, on the podcast itself, I will put my monologue, and you'll, there'll be more of my own opinion in my monologue, and you can find it wherever you find your podcast. It'll be up sometime before noon, before lunch. I will have it up. Um, so I'm more interested in Jeff Duncan's opinion, although I can't do anything without sharing some of my own opinion. So that'll be sprinkled in throughout here. But my full monologue will be on the Datitude podcast itself, episode number 140. Again, it will be up sometime around noon, wherever you find your podcast. And, of course, this conversation will be a part of it. Until 10 o'clock or so, we'll be taking your comments and questions, and we have plenty of them this morning. Mike Baird asked, Cam Jordan is a cap hit. Please say no. Possibly I know. Cam Jordan's not going anywhere, is he, Dunk? No. No, he's, he's really what they're leaning on now at defensive end. I think Marcus Davenport is going to have an opportunity to – to cash in in free agency. And so that would yeah. create a hole in their starting lineup. I know they're very high on Carl Granderson. He's under contract for one more year. And uh, obviously Peyton Turner who's a former number one pick who has mm. really had a chance to make an impact because of injuries his first two years. I think the saints are in pretty good shape at defensive end. It's defensive tackle where they're really hurting. They have one guy under contract. So that's a gaping hole that they have to address this offseason. Shy Tuttle. Or on Yamada? Neither one of them. Both of them are they're both free agents. Not, they're both free agents at the moment. So is um, Roach. Well, we're going to get into that because that goes into this question, and we talked about it on the Bayou Bet Show, and I would promise that I would bring up this morning. Lloyd asks, if we don't get a, uh, says, if we don't get a running back, going maybe uh, two to four without Kamara. Two to four? No way. Alvin Kamara, I will be absolutely floored if he doesn't get at least six games. And – I know people don't want to hear this, but I think it could be worse than that. I'm not sure what's going to happen with, with this whole situation that he's under, but I would be floored if he doesn't get at least six games. And I, I'm I telling you, JD, this- I think he has to get six. I think the, the violation of the personal conduct policy is a minimum of six games. So, well, there you go. And I, and I, I honestly think it's going to be longer. I think it's going to be half a season. And we're talking about a running back now that it's, that is going to be 30 years old. So, uh, I, I think that, um, you have to – I know this probably isn't the case, but, Dunk, I think that the Saints have to plan on life without Alvin Kamara. And I'm not just talking about this season. I, I'm not, it would not surprise me at all if Alvin Kamara is either traded, phased out of this, this – phased off this team some sort of way. I'm not sure you're ever going to see Alvin Kamara play a significant time again with the Saints. That's how bad this is, in my opinion. Yeah, if I, I if I'm wrong, bad. I'm wrong. I don't know if it's that bad, but I, I think you're right in that – I think they go into this offseason uh, looking not only to get a running back, but you have to look at it as we need a running back that's capable of being a starter and not just a complimentary yes. piece to Alvin Kamara. In other words, the guy you draft or bring in a free agency, you have to look at him as a number one back because you don't know what you're going to get from Kamara. He could be suspended six games. He could be suspended for the whole year. He's also getting ready. You know, I think he's 30. Players tend to drop off. You know, like he's going to be 30 soon at least. So, like – I think there's there's reason to have another good back in the building. We see, look what the Kansas City Chiefs did. They went out and got Isaiah Pacheco. I've yeah, never even yeah. heard of the guy. Got him in the seventh round, and he's a terrific back, and he's going to be their lead back now for the future. Saints have to do something similar. I, I agree wholeheartedly, and that, that leads me into uh, – there's a couple more questions about some other positions and things like that. Uh, one – 
that does have to do with running back. What do I think about Tajay Spears? I love Tajay Spears. Now, I'm a little biased because I have known Tajay Spears since he was a freshman in high school. I covered him at Ponchatoula. So, I'm, again, I'm a little biased. But I think Tajay Spears could be the next Alvin Kamara. That being said, um, I think the Saints need to draft a running back first if, in the first round. If they do, it won't be Tajay Spears because he's more of a late second round, third round pick, although he is kind of climbing up. The, the charts here. Dunk, what do you think about the, the Saints drafting a running back first? We've, we've heard, and we're going to talk more about this as we go along over the next course of the next month. The draft is um, in a month and a half. But I, I think the Saints need to go offense first. I keep seeing these mock drafts where it's a defensive tackle, and I understand how much they need that there. Uh, we talked about this on Bayou Bets yesterday, but I think it's running back first and then wide receiver slash O-line, and then you can get a defensive tackle. Also something I think you can address from free agency. Well, the way the Saints always work, Jim, I mean, they've always operated this way. They try to use free agency basically to address every hole on the roster. I'd be shocked if they went in to the draft without having already addressed defensive tackle and maybe even running back with another veteran running back. I'll just be shocked if they go in with a gaping hole like that. They've done it in the past. I remember they did it. A couple of years ago at corner, they didn't get a corner, if you remember. Yeah. And they ended up not drafting one. And I think they, they tried to execute a trade, and they got Bradley Roby late in, the, late in training camp or as the season started. That's rare for them to do that. So I think those are top priorities. But the way they operate in the draft, it's the same every year. And that is I know you they're just going to take the best player that's there I on the board. I don't believe that. It's, I, I'm telling you, that's what they're going to do. I don't and, believe There's it. a running back. In a, in a defensive tackle that are graded the same, then they make the decision, you know. But, like, they're not going to take a defensive tackle or running back just to take one. They just don't do that. But but they probably won't have to because usually the grades are the same when you're that low in the first round. And, and, and I, I think this year is a great year for running backs. Everyone you talk to says you can get a starting running back in the third round of this draft. I That's agree with that. So I would be surprised if they use a first-round pick on a running back. Uh, but if it's someone like B. John Robinson, who most exactly. analysts have as a top-five player in the whole draft, and he's exactly. there at 29, I guarantee you they take it. But that's because it's a value play more than anything else. 97% of what you say about the Saints, I just take your word for it because you know better than I. I, don't, I know this is what they spew, and I know you've seen this throughout the years at different points because a lot of it, the team was good enough where they could take the best player that was available. I don't think this, the team can have, if the best player available this season, when they come to draft on their board is a cornerback, they can't take a cornerback. The best player on their board is a, I don't know, is is a linebacker. They can't take a linebacker there. They have to they have to address what their needs are in the in the spot that they are right now in my opinion. So I get where you're coming from and, and I and I know that the Saints say this all the time, but I I think maybe 50, 60, 70 percent of the time that's true. But in this case where they are right now, I don't think they can just take the best player that's on their board unless they're just not putting cornerbacks and linebackers on their board let me just put it this way i think i think you're you're right in in that regard but the saints when they get when you get down to like the lower part of the first round they go to their horizontal board not their vertical board okay that's the way teams work so 
So it's almost impossible. I mean, yes, they rank them one to a hundred or one to yeah. 150. They do that, but they go by grade and there's blocks of players usually in that part of the draft. There's usually several or maybe even more that have the same grade. So it's almost impossible for there to be not a, a player at a position of need because there's going to be multiple positions in that same grade. So, so you're right in that regard. They're not going, but but it's not going to be a grade of like 6 6.7, 6.6, 6.5. They're all going to be at 6.7, and Fair they're going to take the player at the position of need probably uh, that that they need at that spot. So it's it's I guess it's a little more nuanced. That's fair enough. Uh, that that makes a little bit more sense. Christopher says, Chris, or Chris the Flash, okay, maybe you should play running back. Alvin is 27. He's going to be 28 when the season starts. So uh, in my mind, whatever their age is when the season starts, to me, that's how old they are. So a 28-year-old running back, I know it sounds maybe a little crazy, but that's about the time that running backs start to, to take, a, take a step down. So... Um, well, you I mean, got to think about his that. Production has declined the last two There's years. There's no question. And so. and he's gonna, if he's going to miss that much time in a season, to me, it's going to be a at the bare minimum, it's going to be a fairly lost season for Alvin Kamara. So that's kind of the point. Uh, do we? Th- if I can get this to click on, there we go. Jasper asks, "Who that? Uh, do y'all think Winston stays or go? I think there's zero question. Jameis Winston is not a saint. In about. Mm, a week. Yes, he's gone. There's no way he's coming back. Yeah, I mean, so now the Saints may get to play him twice because I actually think he's going to go back, either go back to Tampa Bay. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes to Carolina. I think he's going to get another chance to start. We'll talk more about that in later datitudes. Uh, I don't want to, but at the same time, Dunk, it would not surprise me at all if Andy Dalton comes back. Right, as the backup. And, you agree and with that? Of course. I mean, you have to look at uh, look at the deal, Jameis. I just called it up right before we went on. Uh, if the Saints release Jameis, and they have to do this before the start of the league year next week, they save four point four million dollars against the cap if they designate him as a post June one release, which means they still release him, but right. it goes on the books as a post June one, and they can do that with two different players, no more than two. Uh, they would save twelve point eight million against the cap. So there's significant savings by by releasing him. Uh, I think Andy Dalton can be maybe encouraged to come back as a backup, but he's going to be looking at probably a similar contract to what he had last year because of the role he's going to be playing. Derek Carr, the one good thing about Carr, like I said earlier, is very durable, very reliable. I mean, he hasn't missed hardly any games his whole career. So, so I think they can afford maybe to roll the dice on Dalton coming back at maybe a $3 million deal because they can't afford to invest too much money in the quarterback position, given how much uh, you know salary cap maneuvering they already have to do, and they're paying Carr, as we know, a four-year, one hundred and fifty million dollar deal. I don't know if you heard that little knock. That was me knocking on the on the desk right there. Um, Mike, love you, man. Thoughts on bringing back CJ, GJ, CD Deuce is not going to be a saint ever again. Uh, no. So the answer is no. And and we go through this about once every three weeks on this show. People love to bring up C.D. Deuce and how terrible of a move it was for the Saints. He was not going to play for the Saints. He was going to be a locker room cancer. The Saints did the best that they could possibly do. They had to get rid of him. That was the best they could possibly do. And he's never going to be a Saint again, nor should he 
be. Well, and the, the other thing is he was looking to get paid, and they'd already Correct. tried to come to terms on a, on a long-term deal, and they were far apart. That's a huge issue. I mean, it was yes. a huge reason to trade him. And we see right now in Philadelphia, they're already talking about him not coming back to Philadelphia because he's ambitious. He knows this is his chance. He's got issues. Yeah. Well, and he's also wanting to get paid, and the Saints are not in that position. So, uh, yeah, no way, CJ, especially with the way he left here, uh, knowing internally how they feel, no chance. Mike, I'm going to put this up there because I, I, I will touch on it. Um, we could talk about Alvin Kamara for a second. Kamara's production declined because of injuries, poor quarterback play, and bad coaching. This incident doesn't help at all. I, I, I agree that the incident doesn't help, but I don't agree at all that his production declined because of poor quarterback play and bad coaching. I don't think, first of all, as much as I've been on the Saints quarterbacks um, this, this season, there's no question to me Derek Carr is an upgrade. At the same time, I don't think Andy Dalton's play was poor. I, I just think it was average. It is what it is. I don't think that had anything to do at all. And I've been on Pete Carmichael. I don't think any of that had anything to do. Camaro wasn't there this year. He had checked out. I don't know what the deal was, but and Dunk, you can tell me whether you're great. To me, he just didn't. He had no. His heart and soul was not with this football team this year. Now, I think he did the best he could do, but I never saw any breakaway plays. I never saw. I mean, he only scored what twice all season. It just and it wasn't because of the play calling. I mean, yeah, he should have got the ball more, but to me, the I think his lack of production was his own fault. It, 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 whether it was his skills set or whether he's getting older or whatever you want to call it to me he just wasn't himself this year well only alvin Kamara knows how much correct that incident weighed on him and did that cause a distraction i think could be certainly i agree he didn't look the same uh, i i disagree somewhat in that i do think uh, you know defenses were not scared of the saints quarterback play so they were able to focus on Taysom Hill and Alvin Kamara yeah. in the running game. So I yeah. do think that does have an impact where a car can probably help in that regard, injuries along the offensive line. But uh, the injuries on the offensive line did not cause Kamara to fumble four times. I mean, uh, he lost, helped lose some games for the Saints because of his ball security issues. And I know also he was not grading very well with his vision, which was always a strength of his. So for whatever reason, he just didn't have a good year. Now, he's young enough uh, he's certainly talented enough, I think, to come back, but he's got to deal with this off-the-field issue, and there's nothing he can do about that other than try to fight in court. But even as we all know, the league doesn't even have to, uh, you know, they can weigh in and, and d- discipline him whether he's convicted or not. It doesn't matter. Uh, and will. And, yeah, and, and they will. will. So I, I think he's looking at a minimum six-game suspension, and the Saints – I just know from talking to people that were with them in the combine last week, uh, it's a high priority this offseason running there's back. A, there's zero question that it's going to be a high priority. And I think I think you'll see both a running back drafted within the first three rounds and a free agent signing of some sort, maybe a veteran of some sort. I think there'll be multiple running back, new running backs in this building uh, I mean, Mark Ingram, is, I'm not exactly sure how old he is, but I think he's in the neighborhood of 33, 34 years old. If he's he the oldest any, running back in the league. He was the oldest running back in the league last year. There you go. So I, I, I think either he's done or he's pretty darn close to done. So 
you can't count on Mark Ingram, nor do I think anyone is expecting to. Um, let's see some other comments that we've had here. Um, there was one that I, I missed somewhere, and I know we're on live TV. Let's say this about Spears real quick. I mean, I love Ty J. Spears. I've I, I, I thought all along he's the best running back I've seen at Tulane, uh, you know, since um, Matt Forte. I mean, yeah. he's a terrific no guy. He's not – quite big enough though i think to be an every down back uh, you know he's not as big as alvin Kamara. He, he's a little smaller but he's a dynamic playmaker i mean unbelievable runner vision elusiveness uh, can catch the ball in the backfield i mean he is ready made for the nfl and unfortunately he's played so well he's shot up i mean i remember one time talking to jeff ireland about him like he might be a pick in the sixth season. round jeff, jeff ireland loved him but at that time, we were thinking he was going to go in the fourth round. Yeah. And now they're talking second round. I mean, he's that Well, good. that's what I'm – exactly. He's, that's what I'm thinking. He's going to be a second-round pick. And, and, I, and I think as we go further, Dunk, I think he's going to shoot up draft boards even higher. So, I mean, right. I think for the Saints to even if – if that's a guy that's on their radar, I mean, they're going to have to think about using their second-round pick, which is a high second-round pick. So, that's going to be – whether they want to go that high with, with – Tajay Spears, I don't know. But I think he there's could be some, a different maker for this team. There's teams worried about his medical, too. I mean, he had that knee injury a year yep. ago. And, also you know, true. There, there's some things that could cause him to fall a little bit, but there's so many other good backs in this draft. Uh, I think the Saints are definitely come out with one of them by the end of day two. This is definitely more of a back-heavy draft than we've had in a little while. Uh, so that is that is good news. And so we talk about Tajay Spears. It doesn't have to be Tajay Spears. There's no right. question, though. And we'll... Again, these are things that we're going to talk about over the course of the next month and a half uh, before the draft. We're, we'll certainly have a draft show. Uh, uh, one of our podcasts will be centered strictly on the draft and, and the needs that the Saints have, and we'll talk about specific names. But that's, that's for later on, I think, because this is supposed to be more about Derek Carr. And here's a good question from Jasper about, since we have Derek, and we mean in the Saints, have Derek now. Do you think we will see the Taysom Hill package a lot less now? My answer would be no. I don't think you'll see it any less than we see it now. Dunk, you can opine on that. No, it's a good question, Jasper. And I, Look, I think it'll all be game plan specific. If they feel like that's an area they can attack an opponent with that jumbo package and the, and the uh, you know, read option with Taysom Hill, they'll use it. But I definitely think it will continue to be a staple of their short yardage, goal, goal line situational package that, that's where they excel with it uh so he's not going away and in fact if anything i think he's going to continue to be one of their main uh pro- producers in their offense but now that you've got Derek carr as i was alluding to earlier defenses have to respect his arm talent i mean he's got a terrific arm there's no question about how good an arm he's got and so i think that ability there is going to free up some of the running game and make things easier along with a healthy offensive line make things easier for Kamara and Taysom Hill. Don't you would think uh, even through the courting process um, and when Derek Carr was trying to figure out if this was the best place for him, you would think that Taysom Hill would have come up in those conversations. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I'm sure that was part of the sales job. And look, the other thing, some of the things I mentioned earlier, uh, you know, the, the, the knocks on Carr, he doesn't, I think he's got, hasn't won a game in cold weather in his entire career. He's like, oh, 0 for seven or something. Uh, you know, he, he jumpy in the pocket. Well, the Raiders have always had offensive line issues and protection issues. So some of these things, the Saints, 100%. I think, can correct 
Uh, he's going to play in the Superdome for most of his games in the NFC South, in the South. So, like, the cold weather will not be a huge factor. There's a reason why I think it's it's a good fit for both sides. Yeah, I mean, it was, people talk about this all the time, about Derek Carr, about how never won a playoff game. He played on awful teams. And right. a lot of times these teams were even mediocre or making the playoffs because of Derek Carr. And, you know, he never had an offensive line that was – in the top 20 and he never had a defense that was he had, well i mean if you go by yards per per game he had one defense that was number 14 in nine-year career one that was number 19 and all of the rest of them were lower than 20 so that's that he's played for teams with terrible defenses and terrible offensive lines and quite frankly in some at some spots terrible coaching so i mean except for john gruden i think Never really had much of a coach. So that's just my opinion, um, and we'll see if it matters or not. Um, other questions, and there's a few people asking this same question. Bucks Skull Gang, I don't know if you're a Bucks fan or not, or not but uh, I've heard a lot of Bucks fans say that they were going to miss Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette, a New Orleanian, obviously went to St. Augustine High School. Do you think that um, the Saints will be looking into Leonard Fournette coming here? You know, that's a good question. I, I don't have a sense either way on that. He doesn't seem to fit what they need. I don't see, I agree. Uh, you know, the need for Fournette. It also will depend on what he's, you know, asking for. What does he think he can get in free agency? Fournette lost kind of some of his burst and explosiveness last season. He had a really poor year, yards per carry, things like that. Now, I know the Bucks offensive line was riddled with injuries, but there's a reason they're walking away from him as well. Uh, so, to me, it doesn't seem like a good fit. I would think they'll make a run at, like, Latavius Murray. He knows the offense. He's kind of the big back that can carry yeah. the load. But, but the Denver Broncos are going to probably want him back, too. And Sean Payton's there, who's very familiar with Latavius Murray. So, I think, you know, it, they're not going to get into a bidding war for a free agent because I think they think they can get one in the draft. And they've got Kamara at some point coming back, hopefully. So, you just can't invest too much in that position. But uh, I would be surprised if Fournette – we're at the top of their off-season to-do list. Dunk, if we ever get the chance to have Mickey on again and, and ask him this question, I think this will be the answer. If if you go back to last season and one of the top three regrets, I would bet, is the fact that they let Latavius Murray get away when they had him in the building again last year. Well, they, they tried to bring him back. I mean, they, they offered him a deal, but he turned it down and went to Denver because he felt like it was a better opportunity for him. So it wasn't like they didn't okay. try to keep that makes him. Sense. There's just nothing they could do. I mean, he, he can go. He's free to go anywhere he wants. They offered to put him on the active roster. So, you know, it was a little bit, obviously, regretful that he got away because he had a good year. But, uh, you know, it wasn't like they just let him go. They, they did try to retain him. Well, that, that's going to be an interesting thing because, again, like I said, and by the way, we have about – Four or five more minutes as we talk talking about the Saints because we are going to jump to Zion for a few minutes before I let Dunk go, and, and we end the show today. So if you want to get a comment or question, then you got about four or five minutes to do so. Uh, if you got a comment or question about the Saints, I should say. But um, like I said, I, I think there's zero question that the Saints um, address running back both in the draft and in free agency. So we'll see what happens there. Um, they're also going to have to address address receiver. We got a question about Adam Thielen, if you missed the show earlier, Adam Thielen was released. 
Dunk, I'm not sure that a that a receiver like that is probably going to cost a little bit more than the Saints are going to want to spend. He fits the mold of having another veteran in, a la Jarvis Landry. But um, what do you see kind of on that mold as far as where free agents go? Obviously, we have to wait till they get under the cap first and see what kind of room they're going to be able to have to, to sign a guy like Adam Thielen. Well, everything at receiver – you know, begins and ends with what happens Michael with Mike Thomas. Thomas. Yeah, I mean, for sure. You know, they're negotiating right now, trying to see if they can come to an agreement on a short-term deal, renegotiated contract. We know that uh, they have a roster bonus on the current deal that they're not going to pay. It basically, it's $31.7 billion poison pill that is due yeah. on March 17th. It's not, they don't have to pay him that money on March 17th, which is next a week from today but they guarantee it and they have to pay it in 2024. So they have to renegotiate that deal. Everybody knows it. That's what's going on right now. Can they reach an agreement on a, probably an incentive laden deal that's cap friendly that uh, Mike Thomas can live with and basically bet on himself. They can come back, uh, have a good healthy year produce. And then maybe you get a a long-term deal with either the saints or another team I think that's what's going to happen. I'll be surprised if they can't reach an agreement because I think Mike Thomas's agents I agree. have probably tested the market, talked to teams to see if he were to be released, what kind of interest there would be in him. And I don't frankly think they found much interest. So I think it's in his best interest to come back here and bet on himself and have a good year and then try to kind of resurrect his career maybe somewhere else or here in New Orleans. And also, Dunk, I think that you saw – not that his reaction means everything, but look, um, right or wrong, we could talk about the person however you want. But um, I think the player, Michael Thomas, there's a chance that he could be rejuvenated and come back. He's got the quote-unquote real quarterback now, something that he was looking forward to. I think you could see a Mike Thomas that could be, I don't think he's ever going to be that number one receiver again. But to come in and, and paired with Olave, I think that could be one hell of a pairing for this team. And then they'd only need a veteran that's not going to need to contribute but maybe 30, 40 catches a game a yeah. year. I think they, if they bring Mike Thomas back, which I expect them to do, I think they have to have a better plan B, though. They have to have a backup yeah. that can do some of the things he can do, probably not at the same level. But they can't go in there and get caught with the with the shorts down again when he gets hurt because he's liable to get hurt. We've seen it now for three years in a row. These lower leg injuries tend to rob you a little bit of your explosiveness over time and also tend to reoccur. So they have to have a better plan B if they do bring him back. Well, that sounds about as good of a segue as any, talking about leg injuries. And um, we're going to switch over into the Pelicans. And because – you want to talk about leg injuries? How about Zion Williamson and Dunk? I, look, I, I mean, I hate to say I told you so, but I, I said after it happened, I'm like that might be the last time we see Zion for the rest of at least the rest of the regular season. And I got ridiculed by Zach Ewing and then a few other people by saying that. And I don't mean it to be. Um, I'm not trying to get on Zion's case. And I know a lot of people now are just saying he's a bust. I don't think he's a bust. I think he's fantastic. I think he's going to be fantastic. Um, but that being said, of course it's a concern that a player of his caliber is out again. But hamstring injuries, we, you never know how it affects players. It affects players football. We've seen it 
We've seen it sometimes be a two-week injury and sometimes be a two-month injury. You just never know with hamstrings. And, you know, for your, your star player, you've got to make sure that he is ready to come back whenever he's ready to come back. Well, I mean, he's missed so many, so much time now in his career. I mean, you have to say at some point that that he's been a disappointment. There's no question. I mean, we've oh, thought no this was going to be the Knicks. Sure. You know, LeBron James coming in here, and he hasn't been close. Uh, when he's been healthy, we've seen the potential. But he's got to grow up a little bit. I mean, he's got to learn to take care of his body, start becoming more of a professional. It's not all on him. He's had some bad luck with it. But the fact is, he's a unique physical specimen in a lot of people who looked at him before the draft, a lot of medical people will tell you, they talked to him about <clears throat> taking care of yourself because you're, you're such a unique specimen. There could be chances that this kind of stuff could happen. So he has to know that about himself and he has to uh, become more of a professional because I do think that some of these setbacks he keeps having, he has to take accountability for some of them with how he's addressing his rehab. Well, that goes into part of what we were talking about by you, Betts, yesterday. I was asked the question, do I think Zion Williamson is a bust? And my response is, get out of here. I mean, he's 22 years old. You can't call a 22-year-old a bust, no matter what he's done. Um, and so uh, the, the answer to this is, well, my question to you is on that, it's, it's what you touched on. Do you think that now that he's getting a little bit older and he's becoming a real adult, because frankly – a 22-year-old male is not even an adult, in my opinion. I mean, it was, if you remember, Dunk, think about the things you were doing when you were 22. It's different for guys than it is for girls, in my opinion. Do you think as he grows a little bit older now and starts to understand that he will start to realize what he needs to do for himself, I think that's going to play a part in the, in the future of his career? Well, he's got a lot of organizational support. I mean, I know the Pelicans yes. know that he's the face of the franchise, uh, but – I do think they're going to have to take a long, hard look organizationally this offseason to what they're doing in their training staff with this roster because they've just been riddled by injuries. I mean, it's not just Zion. It's not just Brandon. Yep. Yeah, he's hurt again. Yeah, they've got three or four guys still out. I mean, and this has been an ongoing issue. They've got to address it. It, it can't just be bad luck. There's got to be more to it than that. And I know they will. And then I also think they really have to sit down and take a long, hard look is, is this Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson pairing the future? Is this a one-two punch that we can count on, given their injury history, given how they haven't played very much together on the court? I think that's something that they have to address. Maybe one of them has to go. Uh, and I'm not saying they're trading them, but I think you have to at least look at it because I think they've reached a little bit of a crossroads here. That's tough. I mean, I don't know how you would – I don't know how you'd exile one of those guys. I mean, and I get what you're saying, and they do get hurt a lot, but good goodness. I mean, just to see them on the, the same court for 60 games in a season would be, I mean, you'd have to think that would be a 40-20 and 20 stretch. I mean, that's how good these, these guys know, are. But we, how can you count on that? I mean, I don't know if you can think you can, that's going to happen. Yeah, I, you know, I guess you can't count yet. on it. Um, where do you think this team goes here the rest of the year in the short term? I – I frankly think, and I said, I thought Zion would be out. I said it in early January. I thought Zion would miss the regular, the rest of the regular season or close to it. I have this gut feeling that he's going to come back at some point, whether it be early April or something. I think this team's going to find a way 
to get in, whether it be just to play in and they got to do whatever they got to do or find a way. They're, they're not, I think they're only two games out of fifth place. Um, I, their schedule gets a lot easier. And as you look at it here, coming up, they've got three more games in the homestand. Thunder, Blazer, that game, that game Tuesday against the Lakers, dunk is going to be huge. And then they have a back-to-back against the Rockets. The Pelicans, even with the injuries that they have, I think they have a chance to make a little bit of a move here. Yeah, I'm with you. I think I think the goal's got to be just get in, right? Even if it's the play-in. But you're right. The West is so crazy competitive. Like between the fifth seed and all the way down to like the thirteenth seed. Yeah. There's like three or four games separating all that. I mean, it's it's kind of crazy competitive. It's exactly what I'm sure the league was thinking when they added this play-in game. Keeps everybody somewhat in the hunt. Keeps fans interested. But you just have to wonder how much damage can they do. Uh, you know, with given their injury situation, unless they get Zion back, and I'm with you, I don't know if he's going to play again in the regular season or not. I'm hearing that there's a lot of doubt about that. So if he doesn't play, can they have a puncher's chance once they get into the playoffs? Certainly they're talented enough, but they have to have everybody on the court. And I don't think getting Zion back, he's going to immediately just step in and start playing like he did. I mean, it's going to take a ramp-up process. He's going to be playing probably in little four-minute bursts like he did his rookie year. I, I just don't think you can count on him and Brandon Ingram immediately stepping in and being what they were you know, early in the season. Best-case scenario to me for the Pelicans is this. Uh, they get to the sixth seed. They get to face a team like Sacramento. They, <clears throat> excuse me, they get Brandon Ingram and they get Zion back in time for the playoffs. If that happens, they're going to beat Sacramento. And, and nothing against the Kings because I think they're – much better than anyone's given them credit for. I, I can't believe that they're 75 to one to win the NBA championship because I think that's ridiculous as the potential three seed in the West. But um, if you give me a Pell's Kings first round matchup, I think that could be interesting. What is your opinion? Give me a prediction here before we go there. Cause I don't know. We, we, it might be a few more weeks before we talk to you on a Friday dunk. What is your opinion on what do you think is going to happen with the Pell's? Uh, as we get towards the playoffs? Oh, I'd be shocked if they got to the sixth seed. I mean, I would be stunned. I, I think I think they're going to be lucky to get in. And if they do, uh, it's going to be in a play-in. I, I, I think their goal should be just to get in that play-in, try and win, yeah. and get in the playoffs. That's kind of where I see their their ceiling at. But you're right, the schedule gets much easier. The problem is they're, they're missing B.I. again now. I mean, every game to me is a must-win. And even when they're all in, you see them sometimes struggle. I mean – they lose games to, to teams that they were more talented than earlier in the season. That now they're just everything's have to uh, you know fight tooth and nail just to get a victory. And with such competition now, certainly the West has gotten a lot better with the additions of the trade deadline of like Kevin Durant and we've seen what the Lakers have done. Those teams are going to be difficult outs if they draw any of them in the playoffs. Well, before I let you go, how's the book going? Well, it's going slowly. Let's put it that way. I mean, it's. Uh, been working on a day and night with Steve and Michelle and um, Steve Gleason, by the way, for those of you that don't know that Jeff Duncan's working on a book with Steve Gleason. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. Once we get it done, we just got to get it done, put it that way, but we're hoping it comes out later this year. If not, it will be out early spring of 2024. Steve's story as everyone I'm sure knows remarkable story, extraordinary life he's lived and uh, continuing to live. And I feel very lucky and grateful to be a, have the opportunity to work with him on this uh, project. It's the most inspiring thing I've ever done. 
Well, don't, it's going to probably be a, a couple, few weeks before we talk again on Datitude. Um, we've got a baseball draft coming up. I don't want you to think too hard. I, I know the dairy bombs have, have regularly kicked your keister. Not last year. We didn't kick anybody's keister last year. But, you know, maybe you should take a couple days off the book and kind of study fantasy baseball a little bit because, you know, I, it really kind of hurts my feelings that you keep getting your ass kicked. I'm just saying. I just, you know me. I'm going to continue to draft San Francisco Giants and yeah. because of that. Yes, you will. Yes, you will. Brandon uh, Bell, where you at? <laughs> you'll you'll pick some guy that's in Double A somewhere and and like late in the rounds and stash him away and think you got yourself a stud. But who knows? Maybe maybe you do have yourself a stud. Um, Dunk. We're going to talk a couple of things before the beginning of May. We have to have a show together, obviously about Saints draft, and I I want to do a special. Um, on the, the Kentucky Derby at some point. I know, you know, horse racing is, is your thing. And for those who don't know, you grew up in Louisville, and it's, it's, it's a big deal for you. I want to have – I think we can do a whole show on, on talking about not just the Kentucky Derby, but horse racing in general. And you can teach guys like me who don't know enough about the sport, which I think is a great sport, by the way. I just don't know enough about it. Uh, I think we could do a whole show on that. What do you think? Yeah, for sure. Let's do it before the Derby or even uh, I know the Louisiana Derby, I think, is uh, coming up in two or three weeks. Uh, that's always a big deal as well, the main local prep race for the Kentucky Derby. But happy to do it. It's a very complicated but fun mental challenge of trying to handicap a horse race. And, you know, as a sports betting writer, it's one thing that's kind of eluded me. Um, I'm still – I remember I went to the track a lot of, with as a kid with, with my grandfather and um, – I understand when place and show and where the exact numbers come from and the daily double, but I don't understand the nuances. And I have a lot of friends who do and love it. I just never understood the nuances. I was never great at, at horse, horse betting, and I want to be. So you're going to help me with that, and we're going to do we're going to. Yeah, look, it can be intimidating. For, for it is. Because there's so much, uh, so much to try and uh, process, but it's a lot of fun. And to me, there's, there's a lot of – majesty to the sport in addition to the betting part of it it's just really a, if you haven't been to the kentucky derby it's almost impossible to describe it's like unlike any event in the world i mean you have every kind of human being under one roof celebrities billionaires some of the richest people in the world college frat frat and sorority people out getting you know drunk on jello shots in the infield it's just <laughs> it's an incredible experience and it all goes on while this incredible horse race is uh, building up it New Orleanians love it because it's like two weeks of partying for a two-minute horse race. On my bucket list, a mint julep at Churchill Downs. Whether it be on Kentucky Derby Saturday or not, it's, it's got to happen. It's going to happen one of the – maybe I'll do it with you one day, my friend. We could, hey, look, we could hit it big, and then you could buy one of those $1,000 mint juleps they have where they have the specialized Arctic ice and the Tiffany mint julep cup yeah. and really high-end bourbon – um, I like to spend money, but I, I think just out of principle, even if I had like Zach Ewing's kind of money, I don't know that I would spend a thousand dollars on a, on a mint julep. That's all right. You if you hit something <laughs> like Zach hit, you just throw a thousand bucks at it. That's what it's all oh, about. Like who buys those thousand dollar mint juleps? People that just yeah. had a huge score. I want a hundred. I want to win a hundred grand. Like that's gonna that's gonna be my new song. I want to win a hundred grand. All right, Dunk. We will talk to you soon. I appreciate you coming on here uh, early and uh, talking about Derek Carr. And we will get together 
very soon talk about the draft and of course horse racing and let's let's see what happens in, in, in baseball. That's about to start. Talk to you soon. All right, bud. Thanks for having me on. Jeff Duncan always uh, a big deal when it comes to this podcast. Uh, can't thank him enough, and I, I know I've said this before, uh, but he is really such an asset to not just this show, of course, um, and now that we do a regular Friday show uh, during the season, but uh, him coming on you know, here in the offseason to get, get our season kicked off in March, but he's been an asset to New Orleans and the times became ever since he came over here about 20 years ago. So he's become a good friend of mine, and I, ca- I can't thank him enough, and I have to say that every now and then. I know you could probably get tired of listening to it, but I, I have to say it. I uh, thank him for coming on. I also apologize a little bit. We've had, uh, had some, went back and listened, I had some popping noises there uh, a little bit throughout that interview. Um, it was on my end, and I... Look, I got this new mic. I'm trying to be pro- as professional as possible. Not that anything was really wrong with the old mic, but that's who I am. If I can upgrade, and now I have this professional mic that all the other, um, not all the other, but you know, most professional podcasters and uh, audio people use. I'll let you say that. I'm not going to name the brand, but I think if you know anything about audio, that you know what I'm probably using. Um, and I can't get this. I don't know if it's I can't get the settings right or. If I'm having certain problems, you know, I have not been able to get it exactly right. So when I, it's okay here, I think, but when, I, when I'm online, for some reason, I get that popping. And I have a, a pop filter, so that's not it. Um, I don't know if it's my internet connection, which was fine with my other uh, mic or what it is. But we're going we're gonna to figure it out, and we're going to get that fixed uh, ASAP for sure. Um, as we close today, I think I pretty much said all I needed to say both in my monologue and throughout the interview with Jeff Duncan. I mean, if you don't like the Derek Carr signing, I don't know what to tell you. You're probably not happy about a whole lot in general. I mean, if you're a Saints fan and you're not happy about the Derek Carr signing, you're, I mean, I don't know how else to say it. You're probably a semi-miserable human being. Because... What, this Drew Brees is gone and he's never coming back. I have to say that every now and then. But besides that, I mean, have you been watching him for the last two years? If you don't think Derek Carr is a massive improvement over what this team has had over the past few years, you're crazy. And, of course, I could get proven wrong. I don't normally get proven wrong. It certainly happens. And I'm usually the first one to let you know when I'm proven wrong. I'm also one of the first people to let you know when I'm proven right. Um, so it works both ways, but I don't see how I'm wrong in saying that this, this dude is a franchise quarterback where he's going to rank as far as passing numbers go. I don't know. I don't know if he's going to throw for 3,300 yards or if he's going to throw for 4,800 yards. It's going to be somewhere in between there. I think, um, I'd be surprised immensely if his, Completion percentage doesn't go up. It's not Drew Brees-like. But whose is? Um, I think that a lot of numbers are going to go up for him. Yeah, he had Devontae Adams last year, but he also, and he had a great running game. But he also had a terrible offensive line and not much else outside of Devontae Adams. Supposed to have Darren Waller. He was gone for most of the season. Nothing against Foster Morrow from Jesuit, but he's not Darren Waller. Uh, Hunter Renfro. He's a fine, like, number three possession receiver, but he was playing number two. 
they they didn't have a whole lot, and he didn't have a whole lot of time to throw. So, you know, Dunk talks about his the mo on him is that he takes sacks and he doesn't handle pressure well. I don't know that I've seen that throughout his career. I think if you go back and look at film, and the Saints were definitely successful against him in the 24-0 win earlier this year. But if you go back and look at Derek Carr and look at his games, and they're easy to find, I think he steps up as well as in the pocket as well as anyone. I think he feels the pressure as well as anyone. I think he deals with it fairly well, and he's used to it. So if the Saints can put any kind of decent offensive line together, and I think they will, I think they're going to be successful. So we will find out. But going out today, uh, you know, anyone that's listening to this show for um, any period of time knows I like to end the show with a song. And this one was pretty easy. A lot of times I have times I have struggle with what song I'm going to pick. I'm like, eh, that doesn't really fit. And sometimes I just say to hell with it, just use that. Uh, but this one was easy. Maybe not the song choice itself, but the group. I mean, you have to go with the cars, right? And one of the car songs is Shake It Up. And that's what the Saints are doing. They're shaking things up. One thing you can say about this team is they do things their own way for sure. Sometimes I don't agree with it. A lot of times I don't agree with it. Um, In this case, I certainly do. But they're not. They never mind shaking things up. And that's a good thing. Because if you stay status quo in this business, um, you're probably going to be like the Texans or the Jaguars who every now and then go to the playoffs but mostly stink. Um, That's not who the Saints are. And even with Sean Payton gone now, I think this team is certainly going to find a way to get back into the good graces of their fans' heart and make things fun. Whether it's because of Derek Carr or in part because of Derek Carr or whatever they do in the draft, this team's going to find ways to make things fun. And that's, in the in the end, the end goal is for fans, you want to have fun. And you got to do it by shaking it up. And that's what they're doing here. We're going to shake things up this season for sure. Hope, hopefully you made it through the first 20 minutes of me mostly bitching. But you made it through. Kudos to you. Plenty more of that where it came from. And we'll be back next Friday on St. Patrick's Day. Doing it again. We'll probably be ending the show with some Irish jig. Who knows? Yeah. Oh, Danny boy. Who knows? Maybe I'll have some corned beef on the set. I don't know. But until then, you guys have a great weekend. Have a great week. And we will talk to you next Friday. Peace and love, my friends. Shake it up. Shake it up. Yeah.